From Hong Kong, this is the Mea Culpa podcast with lessons learned from startups based on the postmodern conference where founders, investors, lawyers, and mentors share their stories about working on, with, or for startups. Today, we have Irene Wong. Welcome, Irene. Hello. Irene, Irene is the founder and CEO of IX Fintech Group in Hong Kong. Irene, mm. thank you for uh, being uh, our guest today. My pleasure. Can you tell me, if I look at your history, uh, you're not particular uh, a serial entrepreneur with multiple uh, startups under your belt. So how did you get into uh, startups? Um, it starts with when I was with the Hong Kong Stock Exchange um, back in 2013. I joined in 2011. And around 2013, I took a course with the Wharton School. So that course is the uh, Wharton Fellowship Program. And at the time, um, I was under the, you know, the um, uh, uh, duty to expand the volume for the Hong Kong Stock Exchange on the stock options. So I was thinking, you know, how I can make the market back uh, much bigger rather than uh, knocking on a door from each broker and asking them to trade more. Because even if I ask them to trade more, it's same the market size, right? So if A got more, B got less, you know, at the end it's zero sum game. So what I thought is how I can expand the uh, uh, total market so that each of the Hong Kong brokers can get the biggest shares of the market. That was uh, where it was coming from. And as such, I think I need to take up more knowledge and to know about what is the next big things uh, in the world. So I took some money, you know, from my salary and I took some uh, holiday from my annual leave <laughs> and went all the way to the Silicon Valley, you know, to take uh, the first class of the uh, Wharton School, uh, the Next Big Thing program, which is the fellowship program. And from there, you know, I learned about the first time, 2013, I learned about the big data, AI, uh, and uh, all these uh, uh, nano uh, technology, fabric technology. Uh, went to see the Facebook, uh, the uh, uh, also the Apple, uh, etc. You know all these uh, big enterprises, um, and that's how it enlightened me. You know to open my mind and start doing the uh, first mobile app for the Hong Kong Stock Exchange which we launched in 2013 or 14. So that was the only app now in the Hong Kong Stock Exchange. And it was on stock options. And from then on, so I got more uh, into, you know, the technology uh, because I can from there see uh, what is the next uh, coming in the world, which, which I think each industry, so no matter whether you're in finance or in a textile or in a transportation, you need to merge with technology going forward with the big data, you know, uh, more uh, advanced uh, uh, technology in telecom, etc. because with the 5G coming. And that is how, you know, I developed my entrepreneur's you know, mind, hoping to do something and uh, go with uh, the trend of the world. So if I understand it correctly, that was uh, that point for the Hong Kong Stock Exchange, uh, more like an intrapreneurship like internally inside of the hong kong stock exchange having a more entrepreneurial mindset to see how that grows um how what 
what did you came up with? Like, how did you, uh, were, how were you able to grow that market? Um, as I said, because I need to think out of the box, think out of the box, yeah. right, to grow the market. So I need some uh, injection, you know, some some new thoughts from uh, uh, from my past experience. And uh, the yeah. way that I think, one of the way that I think I can acquire this ability is to learn. And that is why I went to this uh, Wharton School and, and learned about you know, the next week thing. But actually, it's all coming from uh, coincidence because uh, I actually took the, uh, initially took the, I think the uh, EDP, which is the Executive Development Program from the Wharton School because at that time I was running my position and I think, you know, I should brush up my management skills. So I went to, to uh, Philadelphia. And, and took the uh, EDP course. And after the EDP course, they invited me to the fellowship program. And, and so happened that I think I need to apply some new thoughts and, uh, and join the program. And it is an external program. So it is not sent by the uh, Hong Kong Stock Exchange. It's um, from myself. Okay. So you actually went there for the EDP, the ex um, Executive Development Program. Yeah. Uh, so because you, you wanted to develop yourself more as an executive so not as a entrepreneur uh, so i wouldn't say yeah. where where at one point did you make for yourself the decision like i don't want to become a more accomplished executive i want to really start for myself like what was uh, uh, was that one key moment for you that you said this is it and now i have to start doing cool. this when I think I have already accomplished my promise with the Hong Kong Stock Exchange, you know, when I was being hired in 2011, there was a um, objective and a, a goal for me to achieve, which is to expand the uh, volume uh, on Hong Kong Stock Options, uh, trade, uh, listed Hong Kong Stock Options volume. So during that, uh, that few years, you know, I implemented uh, different things, so such as launching the uh, new Stock Options Corner, uh, uh, roll out more education uh, courses, uh, more advanced uh, option courses on the usage, and also launch the first mobile app, and then uh, to negotiate with the US SEC on the no action relief so that the uh, Hong Kong market can uh, can 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 accept US investor to buy our listed stock options. Otherwise. Uh, our listed stock options cannot be sold to the Americans, so without the no action relief. So that took me three years in negotiation with the SEC, and I also, apart from open the door with the US, I opened the door with Taiwan. So uh, doing the same thing, it gave us uh, forty-four stock options which can be sold to the Taiwanese. So that's how I expand the the market uh, uh, for 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 the exchange, and after that. Uh, the stock options corner roll out, the apps roll out, the SEC we obtain, you know, the, um, the CFTC and uh, uh, I forgot the FSC, I think in Taiwan, we also obtained and I thought, oh, it is, uh, you know, it, it is uh, 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 some kinds of accomplishment and, and, and I think I have achieved, you know, what I promised. At the same time, I have a desire to continue building on the mobile app, you know, and to continue on that path. But I think during that time, the exchange main 
focus is more on the connect, if I don't remember wrongly, which is on the infrastructure. Whereas my background is a trader, a hedge fund trader. Before I joined the stock, uh, stock exchange, I was the uh, execution, uh, head execution trader for uh, different global hedge funds. So my skill set is mainly on investment, making money, uh, investment strategies. And I thought it is time to, to have a change. And because of my desire to continue working on the apps and those kind of technologies, and that's how I decided, okay, it could be time that I start my own firm. And also when I look at my age, you know, I'm approaching 40, you know, mid 40s. So if I don't start at that time, I think it will be too late because it probably will take me five to 10 years to build a company. So that's the last chance I can, I think I can start my company. And that's why I know I, I decided to, to start uh, my company and become an entrepreneur. Okay. Okay. Oh, one more reason um, because, uh, I want to share because, uh, uh, in 2013, I was also being introduced by a friend to join the Lions Club, which is a service club. And then I decided, uh, if I do not have my own company, I cannot control my time. And if I cannot control my time, I cannot use my time in doing service. So if I can build a successful company, I can allow myself to do something which can give back to the society. It could be small, like doing some kinds of a service, you know, giving lunch boxes or you know, helping the elderly. But if you are a senior executive of a very big organization, normally you work one day to Sunday <laughs> with, with your heads, you know, full of the company's uh, different agendas. So, yeah, so that is the reason. Okay. That's great to hear. That's definitely a, a great reason also to do that. When it comes to starting at that point, making the decision to yeah, quit your probably comfortable job at the Hong Kong Soccer Exchange, how did you prepare yourself? Did you set some goals for yourself? Did you say like, okay, I have say X amount of a savings, so that gives me two, three years of runway. And I have to get to a certain point uh, with my company within X amount of months. Otherwise, I will stop. Or did you just go full in and see where you will eventually end? Oh, interesting. You know, in that sense, I think I'm not the brightest entrepreneur. You know, when you ask me this question, because initially when I started my company, I treated it more as my hobby. You know, rather than a business. So, uh, so I just try to do something that I like to do and I think is, uh, I, I should do. So, uh, at that moment, what I think is, uh, in Hong Kong, we need, you know, a uh, platform which is more automatic in doing, uh, brokerage and, uh, especially in uh, education. So making education brokerage more automatic and transparent and, uh, for different people. And especially, you know, if we look at the, uh, the stock options, which is my area when I was in the uh, home stock exchange, I think there is a scope to improve it by uh, injecting more, we call it uh, mid-touch service. So in the very old days, we have the very low touch, uh, very high touch service, meaning that, okay, you have a broker calling you and every day uh, uh, giving you some information of the market, you know, through the calls, recommending you what to buy, right? So it's very high touch service. So in the past 20 years, the world changed to very, very low, another extreme, very low touch service, meaning that, so nobody serves you, you, you take care of yourself, 
even if you place an order and if the order went through or doesn't went through, you know, with a IT box, nobody can help you because you can you may not be able to find the customer service when you eat when you ring the customer's uh, service hotline. So I think it is uh, uh, too much. And what I was trying to um, contribute is, I think, for ex- for example, like structural products, uh, options, this kind of uh, more complicated products, really need a, a, a more, you know, um, programmed kind of education and uh, communication with the customer, maybe via a chatbot, so that we can prevent things from happening again in 2009 on the financial tsunami, if you remember about the accumulators. Uh, and uh, people buying structural products, but without full knowledge about what it is, they do not know they they by buying it have actually sold multiple puts. We we call it multiple puts, which can cause them drain in their cash flow. No matter market turn around going down, and this is something that um I first you know when I when I when I start my uh my company want to accomplish is I think this is a right thing, a right direction to do. So I start. So without thinking too much about whether it makes money or not, which is wrong, I think. But because I have some money, then I can afford. <laughs> and at the same time, I start doing my my columns. I start writing. So I have a column in one of the uh, most popular Chinese uh, financial newspaper, and I wrote it for four and a half years uh, for my columns. Okay. And then... You start out, eh? you uh, you say you you started your hobby, but that means that at one day you're not an employee anymore. You have to go somewhere, or you probably worked from home, or you rent an office. But then, like, what was your first step? What what was the first thing you did on your first day, not being an employee anymore, but a founder? What well, did you? Oh yes, that was start hiring people. Mm. Uh, did you start hiring people? Did you start um, uh, getting an office? What What were your first steps? Uh, good question. Because when I left the uh, Hong Kong Exchange, uh, one reason is because at that time, one of the board of directors uh, actually asked me to help another uh, tycoon you know, uh, on their business. So I was given 20-something seats in uh, the Pacific Place uh, office, you know, uh, at the time. So, and that's afforded me to be there, you know, starting to continue writing my mobile apps. And we call it UI UX today. But at that time, I'm using the PPT to, to draw each of the pages about from which button to what button. So it's all designed by myself, you know, on the iX option app. And, and then not until around 2018. Uh, because uh, uh, 2016, I think we got admitted by the uh, cyber court at the time. 2018, we have a need from cyber court that we need to accomplish something to graduate from the incubation program. Because I need to graduate from the incubation program, though I speed up on uh, completion on my IX option projects. So that is how I think, you know, uh, I really need, need to, uh, to, to start making it a real business. And in 2018, I start hiring my first interns, uh, using the cyberport uh, incubation funds. And that is when I really think about, you know, making it into a business. Also, because, uh, before that, I have some illness. 
So in 2018, I took a big operation and I still alive, right? So, so since, since then, I decided to make it a real business in 2018 after that operation. Okay. Great to hear that you're uh, recovered from that. So, uh, but then you start out with interns, but as you know, that's, they will be gone in a couple of months or maybe even a year if, if the mm. long-term interns. So how did you start building a team and how uh, did you fund it yourself or did you got external investors? Um, most of the time I funded myself. So uh, I'm very lucky. So comparing myself, you know, with the other entrepreneur, first of all, I have savings, you know, when I was a trader, I, I, I kept some savings. And secondly, I have a, investment skills, trading skills. So whenever I do not have money, then I go to the market and trade, then I have some money, right? So, and uh, and I was also lucky, you know, in 2018, I start again, because of curiosity, I start learning about the uh, digital asset market and about mining, about, you know, the Bitcoin, you know, the, the blockchain, etc. So uh, I invested some, uh, some, some some mining machines as well. And that mining machines uh, make good profits. And as such, you know, it also um, support me from uh, building a real team. But back to your uh, comments about the interns, I actually find interns can be really powerful. So to my experience, if you can find really passionate uh, fresh graduates or graduates, you know, in their first few years, but with a desire to learn, and to grow, they actually perform much better, you know, than people who have been in the market for 10 or 20 years. This is uh, uh, what I think, you know, based on my uh, past few years experience. And and I feel very happy to be working with the young people because I feel young. And, and at the same time, I can feel their passion. They can feel my passion. Together, we have a special chemical of working together. The, the, the whole experience is happy and energetic. So that's what I enjoy in the, in the process. Um, and when you talk about they will leave, yes, they will leave. And then the next round and the next batch of the intern will come. So people come and leave, come and leave. It can be very tiring because I have to keep teaching uh, again and again. But while I'm teaching, I think I'm also giving because during that three months or six months when you were together with them, you are not only giving knowledge to them, but you are giving a life wisdom, sharing your your wisdom of what you think in life. Uh, what I have done wrong in my life, you no, know, I hope they will not repeat <laughs> what I have done wrong. And at the same time, I will uh, share with them my vision about how we can make the world better. What is the responsibility, you know, of a educated person? You know, you got educated because you have the chance of being educated. Not may not because you are the best of the best. It's just because you are lucky. You you got you are lucky to get into the university and took away some other people's uh, opportunity, which maybe they are smarter than you, but they have no money. So for that, you have to be uh, alert and be cautious cautious about this, and you should treasure what you have, and if possible, you should give back. Because I always think I'm very lucky, and uh, I, I in the process I took away you know some people's chance, 
And since I have this chance of acquiring the knowledge and went into good school and went into good company, so in my whole life, I, I so far got what I want to do. So I think I am very uh, uh, grateful to that. And, and that is why I hope the next generation and the young people I met, I can share, share with them. And I hope them to be lucky and happy as well in their life. That's very admirable. Thank you very much for that, doing that. What was when you're starting uh, that company? And of course, you financially, there was no, uh, not a big issue, right? Mm. But as you know, being an entrepreneur, it's risk taking. Mm. Of course, as a trader, you also take risk. Can mm. you explain a little bit the difference between the risk taking factors that you have to have as a trader and the risk taking factors and resistibility, what you have to have as a founder? Oh, when I was a trader, actually, I do not take it so much as a risk because deep in my mind, I know it is an expected return. So to me, it's like I already know I have over, for example, 70%, you know, that I will. I will make money. So as long as you have enough cash flow, you will just roll up and roll up, you know, your, your return. And it is not that difficult to make money if you are not greedy and not driven, you know, by the market because market do repeats is the same. So if, if you, if you have market sense, you will find it not that difficult to make money when you look at sub currency versus the gold, the commodity and versus, you know, US and the Hong Kong market. So right away, you figure out a way, you know, of making money. For example, if the Hong Kong market is down, right, before the U.S. open, you can buy it, you know, uh, you, you can sell it on the Globex. So you you know the pattern, you know, in the past few days, whether you should sell it before the U.S. open or not. Then you just follow, you know, the pattern, you can make some money. As long as you are not greedy, uh, have to make 200 points every time you make 50 points to 80 points, you still can make some money. Or you can find some arbitrage opportunity. Or uh, uh, even today, it's even easier because the, the, the coin market is so imperfect when comparing with the traditional market. Especially if you look at the Bitcoin, right? A few years ago, when it go up, it all the way going up for, for almost more than six months. So you, you just buy and, 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 and keep on and, and let it run. You, you make money, you know? And comparing with an entrepreneur is not because as an entrepreneur is totally heavily i think it's very very risky especially in the first uh one year to to two years very fragile uh you do not know where you will be going uh, uh because nobody knows you uh nobody can see what you're building yet even you are you you can build something it will be so small because your team is so small. How can you build big, big things, right? And if nobody is supporting you, you know, on, on the funding. So I think uh, the chance of failure is very, very, very big. So this is what is happening, I think, in, in, in most of the, you know, startups in every country as well. So if you look at the failure rate, I think maybe it's over 90% or even higher. <laughs> yeah. So when comparing with trading and uh, starting and um, entrepreneur and being an entrepreneur, I think to me trading is much safer. It's much safer. So uh, yeah, it's not that risky. How do you handle yourself to 
be able to go and yeah like take that risk head on like like what you said right uh, uh, it's f- totally different than uh, for instance uh, being a trader so what do you like that risk of being you mean an entrepreneur? entrepreneurial risk right yes okay I, I think that's very different if you trade right you can all to me because I'm a, a, a professional trader so I have my way of making money but since you have already achieved that um, long time ago, right? In, back in two thousand and nine, I'm a, I'm one of the most uh, high paid execution trader in Asia. So you already know you achieved, and you already know you can do that. So next thing you think, okay, what can I achieve more, right? Then I think I I, can, I never build anything. So I I just trade with the numbers, and I got some money, and you start to hop to do something more and to 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 acquire new experience and uh, the gods then you know, bring me to Hong Kong Stock Exchange which I learned uh, project management you know and, uh, and 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 other management skills um so what I am uh trying to say is uh so I sorry I forgot the questions <laughs> if you don't mind me no how do you handle the entrepreneur risk for yourself, like personally? Okay. Because it's it, it's it's very insecure, right? Like, mm. what what do you do for yourself to mitigate that? Two things psychologically, psychologically, because I have a very very strong vision, and mission I want to achieve, and because the vision and the mission can be so impactful to the world. That I know. I think it is worth to pay my time today to try hard for it, because the outcome can be very, very, very beneficial to the whole world. And because of that, I'm so small, right? When compared with the the whole world, I think I should do it. So worth paying my time to to do it for the bigger impact and outcome. So that's first thing psychologically. Uh, in terms of monetary, uh, it's because I still have some ability of making money whenever I am running out of money. So this is my, you know, my gift. So I can go out and trade some futures, right, or or trade some Bitcoin if I really need to. But but I have to balance my time because when I really devoted to run my startups, I have no time in trading. If I need to trade, I really need to focus on trading. So that's the thing. And in the past, I think one and a, one year, in the past one year, I didn't even pay a single time in trading at home. So I stopped trading for one year in the past 12 months. And that's how my, my, my P&L keep on going down, my personal P&L keep going down because I have to burn my money to support my company. And, and because the company is growing, you keep hiring more and more expensive people, right? <laughs> Okay, so can you share your vision and your mission that you have right now? Um, yes. First of all, I think we are in a very, very critical moment in the human history. We are moving into a digital asset era. So, uh, if you heard about metaverse, you know, uh, and uh, the blockchain, blockchain, this blockchain finance, blockchain transportation, everything blockchain, right? It's a, it's a, a, a comparable of the past, which is from, uh, typewriter to computer, 
or you know from a, a, a washing machine or you know having a car you know from bicycle. I think this is far more destructive uh, than before because uh, it can change the whole way of running a financial system in the world. So when I say a running a financial system in the world, this is a very, very, uh, uh, um, how to say, impactful to, to different countries. It can have a redistribution of wealth uh, in there because of the new game. And for that reason, I think we have to handle really carefully on the evolution and development of this digital finance era. And because of that, with the experience I have in the industry over almost 30 years now, so I think I have a responsibility, you know, to contribute and help, you know, together to shape the right ecosystem, you know, for the, uh, for the, for the coming, uh, for the coming years. And these few years will be critical because it can lay down the infrastructure and the fundamental of how this new financial ecosystem will be running, you know, in the next 30 or 50 years. So, um, and that's one. And also I think in this new finance era, we, if we do it well, we can solve problems like financial inclusion. We can solve problems about some countries, uh, being isolated in the world, uh, because of political reason. And, and we can also, uh, more efficiently in redirecting some money or capital to very, very meaningful projects, for example, green and sustainability projects, uh, we can achieve that if we, if we do it properly. So that's why I want to contribute. Okay. What was the hardest thing so far building your company? Because you've been building this now for like six years in total? Oh, uh, um, in the first few years, as I said, you no, know, um, I treat it more like a hobby. But, um, right now, uh, I think, you know, it, since 2018, um, the second half, I really is building the company. So it's about four, three or four years. Yes. And what was the hardest thing so far? I think the hardest things is, uh, first of all, achieve something right which can attract people's attention so different startup make different things right but a lot first of all even if you achieve people may not find it very uh very um special about what you do and what is more uh challenging is halfway you are doing it there's another you discover another person is also doing the same thing another startup is also doing the same thing and at the same time, when other uh, people who have the money know or your idea, you know, they can catch up. And if you have a good idea, people catch up. With, those people with more money catch up and, and can do it quicker. And, and you, and even you originally have the best idea, you maybe, you know, uh, uh, overtake, you know, by the others. So for us, when halfway, when I'm running my business, I discover that. And what I am uh, trying to uh, solve this problem is building different blocks so that these blocks, when adding together, will become another level 
So it will become another level. So no matter which blocks you take away from me, you know, if so happen there's a competitor, take away one of my blocks or doing something which is similar to one of my blocks, it doesn't matter because you do not have the other blocks. So you cannot go to the next level, whereas I will still be able to protect myself and go to the next level because we are building an ecosystem. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's great to, great to hear. By now, uh, how big is your team? At the moment, our team is less than 12 people full-time. We have one um, colleague in Russia, uh, one colleague in London, one colleague in Canada, uh, and then the rest in Hong Kong. Okay, that's quite a, already a significant team. Still probably manageable by yourself. Where's the growth path and how how do you see yourself growing this company and what did you already put in place to make this ready for uh, for growth? I think a few things. So first of all, in the past two years, two to three years, we, what we have done is we are able to create three indices, which is the IX Crypto Index, IX Bitcoin Index and IX Ethereum Index. And these three indices are right now every 15 seconds from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Hong Kong time, running nonstop in uh, the world uh, via the NASDAQ, U.S. NASDAQ uh, global uh, uh, indices uh, uh, data services. So if you type IXCI index in Bloomberg, you can find our indices. And the same, you can find it in Reuters, uh, Yahoo Finance, and other information vendors in the world. And for that, we expect that very, very soon, you will see our products in the world. So in the past two years, we did not allow our products to go in the world because we do not think we are ready yet uh, on uh, putting products outside. Uh, reasoning is because we have to ensure that our uh, dissemination of indices is stable, uh, with resilience, with contingency plan, and these are a lot of work. So it's not just calculating the index. Calculating the index is easy. But to have a stable and resilience and, and, and very safe and contingency infrastructure is different things. So what we are, have been doing in, a, in this year is uh, ready to get uh, certified by a big four external auditor to come to, uh, to see our IT operation and our procedures to make sure that you no know, external even an external big four auditor will think uh, we achieve uh, maybe ISO level you know, on the IT and also uh, we have all the contingency plan and ready, etc. And we also have to make ourselves uh, IOSCO compliance so that we make sure our index when issuing products is uh, recognized uh, by the world uh, IOSCO uh, under the IOSCO scheme. And at the same time, we have to... Uh, Right now, what we are doing is to, to make our indexes from disseminating from 9 to 9 to 24 hours non-stop. So, and we are expecting that there will be futures launch, you know, in the first half of this year uh, in an exchange. And from then on, after that, we will expect option will be launched, you know, on the iScripto index. And with the futures and options launch, we expect ETF issuers will be easy to hack against, you know, their production of the, 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 the creation of the ETF. And we should be able to get our license fee uh, from the products launch. And and because the product will be getting more popular, the data will, will be needed by different people uh, trading it 
and we are also building a uh, platform which is similar to the coin market cap and coin gecko you know to put a full list of all the coins in the world and right now we are connecting uh, uh, different exchanges in the world so we are adding it more and more so that you know I think within one year we should be one of the biggest players in showing all the tokens available in the world yeah, and especially when you're talking about uh, digital assets and tokens, they're uh, indeed uh, not nine to five; they're twenty four seven. Yeah, going and then, on. Another part is that uh, our um, ATM and uh, wallet. So I th- we are the only uh, player I think in the world which is able to create a truly decentralized ATM and a truly decentralized wallet by ourselves. So this year is getting exciting because what we have achieved is we already have built an ATM truly decentralized and the first one with the post quantum computing security. So it should be the safest ATM, decentralized ATM in the world. And we also have achieved building the safest uh, wallet, decentralized wallet in the world because it also integrated the post quantum computing security, which is a, already have a US pay, patent you know, from a... Um, Canadian startup listed in the OTC uh, Canada market for over 10 years. And what's more, our ICE wallet also integrated a uh, Edinburgh startup with the Barclays FinTech Award last year on the privacy identity authentication. So that is the next generation OTP technology already there. So this year, what we will do is we will showcase how we can, uh, we can let our wallet and our DAM Talk, meaning that if you uh, go through the KYC on our wallet, you may not need to do the same KYC again on all the DAEM anymore. Okay, that sounds uh, very interesting. Uh, mm. And of course, in, into like very logical, right? Should be, mm. because you already did KYC once, and if it's connected with each other, then it should be already said hey this person is already kyc'd so you don't have to do that again very interesting eight atms that's something totally different uh i did a project uh, when it came to uh, crypto atms in in the past how do you see the market there because there is already of course a lot of players out there uh, there is already a lot of hardware pro- providers out there uh, that are doing this where do you see uh, the future of ATMs going? Good, good question. Right now, what you see, you know, the other players like the GD. So the ATM is uh, to serve you on the cryptos. The cryptos, which is the Bitcoin, Ethereum, and the main cryptos, right? But what differentiates ourselves from the other people is we also have tokenization ability. So last year, we have completed the... Uh, FSTB projects with cyberboard projects, uh, we, we tokenized a TKEC into a TCON and successful, successfully completed it and being audited, audited by the cyberboard. So what we will do this year is to really launch the TCONs so that people can buy the TCONs and exchange for the TKEC in different uh, prestige clubs in Hong Kong and in the future, maybe in the world. And from then on, once this is successful, we will tokenize other assets and put it on our wallet. You know, and in the future, if you can think about it, you can you can trade it in our wallet or trade it in the ATM. And and what's more is we already have the ability of 
uh, doing a double offline payment. Double offline payment. What does it mean? Meaning that even without internet, you can make a payment on decent on, on decentralized uh, system. So this is what uh, I think most of the country are now hoping, you know, to uh, develop in their new kinds of digital e-payment system. And what and also what is necessary for the financial inclusion because in the very very poor country they may not have internet so how are you going to to give them finance abilities uh, in those area very poor area is to be able to have this double offline payment ability and we already have that so I think one year from now on we will start developing our IX Pay. So the and the iXPay uh will be able to let people using our iX wallet to be able to bridge between the blockchain ecosystem and the fiat ecosystem. So actually, although it is one wallet, one 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 uh, one phone, your one phone actually have two apps behind it, which one is blockchain, one is uh, fiat, but we connected it and we have an architecture which is. In process on the patent to bridge between the blockchain and the VM. All right, that sounds very exciting and sounds very uh, interesting. Also, uh, looking forward to um, to see the results on that. When it comes to entrepreneurship, mm. what is the most valuable advice that's ever given to you? Mm. Something that you would at that point also repeat to another founder. My entrepreneurship, when I first learned about entrepreneurship, uh, my school, which is the Wharton School, taught me to think big. So first of all, think the biggest. Think the biggest first. So don't think too small. Try to think as, as, as far as you can on what you can reach. Think big. It's indeed a, value, a very valuable advice. Correct. What is quite often given advice to founders that you don't agree with? Mm, oh, I don't agree with uh, giving in. Meaning that, oh, uh, I mean, uh, uh, make the money first. Uh, uh, make the money first, you know, to, uh, try to do this way so that you make money first and then you survive. Then you can, once you survive, then you think about, you know, the next step. Um, I don't agree. Although, you know, most of the people may think this is correct, but uh, I, I, I do not agree because to me, it, to me, maybe they are right that you can survive today. But I already can see even you survive today, you cannot survive tomorrow. The, the reason that I, 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 I do not agree because I can see two steps behind. Even you can survive today, you know, by giving in, you cannot survive tomorrow. Because I, because you, you cannot think one step. You know, to me, I, to me, I, I, I think maybe five steps behind today's. So okay. when, when I'm working, what is, what, what I'm working today, I already have part of the strategy for the next five steps. And I have to prepare for what will the other people in the world react to my next five steps. 
So similar to how I play table tennis, actually I, I was a table tennis player uh, and a coach <laughs> before. So when you play table tennis, you have to prepare for how your 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 uh, opponent return your ball. You before they return the ball, you already know there is only free possibility that the ball will will land, and you prepare for that free spot. So meaning that you will not react when the ball comes to your table. You actually should re should prepare beef when you when when you uh, uh play back you know the ball to the opponent. When you play back the ball, you already should anticipate how the ball will be returned. That's uh, also very great advice. Thank you very much for that. What's something that's not a secret, but most people don't know about you? Oh, don't know about me. Actually, I am a person who do not like to speak. So I I am a person who like to think and lock myself in a room and think. And then I, I am a person who like to watch the the sky or the birds. You know, I can just watch that for half an hour and and let my mind rest while thinking something quite philosophical. So I'm, I'm such a kind of person. And that's, that is why I am able to write my columns for four and a half years and express deep inside my thoughts. So I enjoy uh, writing and sharing my philosophy. Uh, however, because uh, the life is too busy and running a startup is too busy, and uh, I have to do my job, so I have to speak more, and then and always have to give instruction and speak to others. So uh, most of the people do not know actually I am a quiet person instead of a very uh, talkative and active person. So I appear as a very talkative, cheerful, active person, but but I think deep inside I prefer to be working alone by myself and not myself in a in a room. <laughs> Good traits for a trader indeed. Uh, thank you very much for sharing that. <laughs> not at all. Um, if there's one thing uh, you want people to take away from this talk, what is it? Um when you when if you want to be an entrepreneur, think carefully. Because uh, it is a very, very tough path. So, uh, although you know, I always encourage people to try and be, ent- be an entrepreneur, at the same time, I would like to warn that if you want to be really successful, uh, the effort that you paid is uh, substantial. And you have to be prepared that you have a very tough, tough mind. Uh, you have to have the endurance. And then, uh, at the same time, you have to keep on learning and be prepared, you know, to, uh, to be, uh, to integrate with different partners. Uh, the lesson is, I think it would be easier to keep on partnering with different startup and grow than if you keep on develop, developing, uh, yourself organically. Okay. 
Thank you very much. Um, thank you very much, Irene, for uh, doing this interview. Yeah. And to give back if you can. And to give back. <laughs> great, great. I want to thank you for your valuable insights and the sharing of your lessons learned in startups. For the listeners, although the rating system on podcasts is hideous, if you like this Maya Cooper series, you can rate this startup, this podcast with five stars as a motivation for the makers. Thank you for Copy Ventures for making the series possible. So thanks again, uh, Irene, for uh, being a guest. Thank you, Jeffrey. This is Jeffrey Brewer. Go out and build something meaningful. Yes.